Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Hey, chickens. Um, I'm just. This is a very rambling, messy episode. We're talking about Star Trek Picard, but then I'm going to get on to some concerns uh, from the latest uh, issue of Doctor Who magazine. Um, <laughs> and just some stylistic concerns I have as well. Um so, Jeff was talking about uh, Star Trek Picard. He said his biggest hope is that they'd spend an episode rounding up a ton of non-Starfleets to help in Star Trek Picard. You know, Fenris Rangers, Klingons, Romulan Monk Ladies. I did love the Romulan Monk Ladies. Um, Data's Robot Kids, Regular Changelings, New Borgs, etc. Because uh, they wouldn't be networked with the Starfleet ships. Oh, yeah, there was a whole thing with the Starfleet ships being networked and that's how the Borg took them over because they created like a new fleet mode. Um, and the Admiral in charge of the fleet was uh, Elizabeth Dennehy, who was in, like she was going to replace Riker, I think, in The Best of Both Worlds, which was like a two-parter that went from season three to season four of The Next Generation where Captain Picard was kidnapped and turned into a Borg. And so, she was going to replace Riker. Then it was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, she was the fleet admiral, which I kind of like. I like that they just kept bringing odd people like that back. It's like, oh, her. She was in two episodes. Let's bring her back as the boss of everyone. Um, anyway, they networked the whole fleet. And so, the Borg took over. Uh, which kind of made me... Like, it felt very reminiscent of... I don't know if anyone's watched Battlestar Galactica. Um, But, yeah, there was a whole thing in that about networking and deadly AIs and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, I, I am terrified that, you know, everything we've ever created in fiction about AI um, is... Is is scary, and that AI is going to read it and go, "Well, I'll just do what I'm told." Speaking of benevolent AIs, I know we were talking about that um, uh, a few weeks ago. You know that there weren't many. Uh, Mrs. Davis, uh, which I I talked to Justin Hamilton about on the Big Squid podcast, but I've watched all of those now, and that is uh, a benevolent AI, um, but also stupid. <laughs> final episode there's so many hilarious revelations about how mrs davis the all-encompassing ai that has kind of taken over the world how she came into being why she does what she does uh and why everyone's being so nice to each other um it i mean it kind of on some way works with the I don't know if you know about this social capital thing that they've got going on um, in China. Like, if you do kind of positive things, it's, you know, you get kind of citizenship rewards. Like, it, you kind of get rewarded for being a good citizen with their various uh, social media apps. Because they don't, you can't really get onto um, social media apps like that that we use in the West because they have what they have, you know, the, the great firewall, as they call it. Um, but yeah, there was uh, there's they've got their own kind of versions of things like there's a you know I mean TikTok is a Chinese app from based like the company that owns it is based in China, uh, but they have their own kind of version of TikTok. TikTok is just like the Western implementation of it. Um, but yeah, they've got their own sort of chat apps and like an Instagram uh, analog kind of thing. Um, 
but yeah, they 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 do have this kind of like social capital thing going on where you you know you kind of get points for being a good citizen sort of thing, and it's like it's and people you know there's there's discussion that maybe it's uh not appropriate behavior um you know what's really weird is uh so i'm one of my classes i'm in at uni we've got a lot of uh chinese students who've um studying in australia and they're talking about the the apps that they use because uh, there's a class about apps um and just like uh you know because the norm for them is kind of like this highly uh, you know, intense surveillance and, um, you know, anything you put online can kind of, you know, be seen by the powers that be. Um, so, but, you know, they talk about that in a positive way in that, you know, you, you're not really at, in danger of getting kind of cyber bullied or harassed or anything because it's like, well, that's just bad behavior. So that stuff will just get deleted. Um <laughs> It's just like it's what happens in totalitarian uh, societies. It's like, well, that's bad. We'll just won't have that. Um, so yeah, uh, that I found really interesting. It's like feeling almost like the, you know, what we would describe as kind of like that Orwellian Big Brother situation, and feeling that that's terrifying. But that being almost like a comforting thing. Um, again, this is just one or two people and their experiences of it and their uh, explanation of it. So I can't speak for the, you know, billions of people that live there and whether they're having a good time. But yeah, I just thought that was an interesting um, kind of way of looking at things. Like, you know, someone who's grown up in that society, not, you know, I see it as, from one way because I've been told that it's bad for various reasons, but someone seeing that as a kind of comforting thing, you're like, oh, um, anyway, how did we get here? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just network Starfleet ships somehow brought us to here. Anyway, uh, Jeff was talking. <laughs> I probably had a point and I lost it somewhere. Um, Jeff was talking about all of the network Starfleet ships. Um, <laughs> and you know, all the ships that weren't networked coming to help, but instead they did, it was one single Borg cube that was weirdly embedded in a planet. Um, and then it went mano a mano with the, the, uh, the other, like the enterprise. Um, and he said, you know, which is fine, but not as cool. Um, yeah, but that would have been another 20 episodes. Cause like, you know, it takes them a whole episode to like, to go meet someone, have a chat, you know, have a difference of opinion, have a falling out about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it goes a bit crazy. Um, anyway, I did promise uh, in the last episode that I was going to talk about my fears um, for the new series of Doctor Who. So, that final season of Picard kind of felt like they paved over any continuity that had come before. Like Jeff was saying, like with Data's kids, um, you know, the that whole society of, uh, of android people, um, all of that is just kind of forgotten about. Um, the, you know, the Romulan... <laughs> the Romulan monks, all that kind of stuff. Um, 
and it was kind of just like, oh, okay, let's pick this up as if it's, you know, the first season we've done since Star Trek was on in the 90s or since they made, what was the last movie? The Nemesis movie. Um, and there was like a little nod to the earlier seasons by Picard starting off at the Chateau with um, Orla Brady's character uh, who played all the Brady played someone else in the last season, which was weird. Um, but, you know, they kind of tr- tied it in a little bit like that and then proceeded to pretend that nothing else had ever happened before, um, which I kind of... That's like a, a slight fear I have with the way they're moving forward with Doctor Who. Like, I know they don't have the same logo. Like, they're using the old 70s... Um, uh, diamond logo from the late Pertwee, early Baker years. Uh, so they haven't gone back to the Eccleston and Tennant logo. But like when they showed the the title reveals the other day and they had the same kind of um, time tunnel looking thing, like whether that's the time vortex, but it looked like this, the same opening credits. The title reveals were in the same big kind of blocky 3D uh, lettering um, and, you know, bringing back... I was about to say Dudley Moore. (laughs) Dudley Moore. Dudley Simpson. Uh, Murray Gold was the name I was looking for. (laughs) I don't know how I got... Went from Murray Gold associated backwards through Dudley Simpson, who used to write the music for a lot of the 70s episodes, and then got to Dudley Moore. As in from Arthur. Um, my brain. It's a strange place to be in. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i I'm worried that it's just going to be like, you know, the 11th hour never happened. Um, let alone anything with Capaldi or Jodie Whittaker in it. Like, uh, it's like, you know, is... Is Russell T. Davis just picking up as if, you know, this episode happens right after the end of time? Like, I know the comic book, which is bridging them, which uh, you can get at patreon.com forward slash Adam Richard if you can't be bothered reading it. <laughs> Doctor Who magazine. I read it for you. Um, I don't really do the voices. Sometimes I do Dalek voices, but they're not great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the comic is bridging and there's been a devastating loss in the comic, which I am still not recovering from. Um, anyone who listens to those episodes will know what I'm talking about. It was it was hard work. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I'm excited that, you know, they're having a reunion and that we're getting a 60th anniversary, but I'm still concerned that we're going to, paper over like things haven't happened but i'd love to be wrong uh let me know what you're thinking uh if you've got any other feedback on the remembrance of the daleks or there's anything else you want to watch we are going to head on into uh the capaldi daleks and missy business um in the next episode (laughs) 